All right, good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Chaf in Masechah Sukkah. We're going to start at the very top of Daf Chaf. We're dedicating, as always, to Rav Chaim Zev Milenowitz Atzal. And today, to our fearless leader, Andrew Singer, who's already, you know, it's between Tubav and Elul. There's going to be some starts and stops. We're going to hopefully have Tzilasa Meruba Mechamasa over here, but we're, uh, as far as days on and days off. Um, but we ourselves are going to be taking a hiatus. Um, so today is Tuesday, and the rest of this week, uh, Andrew's away, and I'm also away. But not before we finish Bezrat Hashem the parak today. How would you like to do that? Bezrat Hashem. You want to have a see him at every parak? All right, here we go. <laughs> and we have enough, you know, we're having a seven or so siyumim over the next eight months. So uh, with this, uh, these Mesechtas in Moed, Let's, uh, let's see if we could finish the parak. Okay. We were talking about mats, right? Mats made out of material, schach material. Now, if the mats, just to remind you, to orient ourselves, the, the halacha is pretty straightforward these days. If the mats are um, going to be made for the sake of schach, so then you can use them as such. If they're made for the sake of sitting, they're considered a kli, they're makabal tumah, and certainly that which is makabal tumah is not going to be allowed for schach. Um, you know, these days, uh, Rabari Leibowitz, the great Tafyomi master, said that, that that is pretty straightforward, but there were days uh, where the schach was not made for schach, necessarily. There was a tshuva that he quoted that stated that it, the schach was in bundles also. In other words, when they used to have the uh, the mats made out of wood, thin wood slats that were stuck together. There was someone who said, well, maybe there's even a gazeras tikra on those. Uh, you, you might say a bundle, but we don't really put it up as a bundle, but we talked about that also, right? But the bundle, we don't, we don't really, we roll it out. That, according to Barry Leibowitz, would also uh, avoid the, the issue of gazeras tikra as well. It's hard to believe, he said, that the Gezeris Tikra applies to a mat that you roll up, right, and, 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 and can roll back out. Um, so be that as it may, our Badats, Mehadrin, Schach mats um, are, you know, are generally, they're made for the, uh, the sake of Schach, and certainly would you not assume that they're going to be Makabal in that way. Uh, back back in Nachal Tamar, we used to have the palm branches. That that felt a lot like like uh, uh, that was very festive. But anyways, let's let's see what the Mishnah finish up the conversation. So the the discussion really was in our Mishnah. Our Mishnah had a machlokas between the Tanakam and Rabbi Leizer. It was hard to it was hard to tell. They said some of the same things, and we were trying to analyze um, what is the language. So. Back into Vahachi Kamar. So let's see. This is what the mission says, according to this iteration of our analysis. If you have a large mat, and you made it for, right, for leaning, for, for, right, leaning and reclining and sitting on, right, um, and So in other words, it, when it says that if you made it for sitting, you cannot uh, use it for schach because makabal tuma. It is implying that 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 the stam right the default is that it's made for sikuch and therefore it's okay. I'm going to skip these parentheses. I'm going to say v'asa rabbi Yezer So that would be the shita of the Tanakhama. And then rabbi Yezer's 
um, right, contribution is achas katan of achas gedola stama kasher lasikuch. So according to this part of the Mishnah, what the Gemara is analyzing is that the first part, the Tanakama is saying that the default for the large schach is to, right, uh, is to be for schach. Whereas Rebbe Liezer is saying that even for the small, right, in the Tanakama, it's only the large one that's for schach. And in Rebbe Liezer is saying that the default is both for the katana and for the gadola. The the default is that it's Fashach and therefore it's Kasher, as the Gemara says, that the default is both for the large and the small. We're going to see that that doesn't sound likely to be Shita Rebeliezer because Amalei Abai, Ihachi, Rebeliezer, Omer, Achas Ketana, Achas Gedola. So, first of all, an interesting diuk in the language of Rebeliezer. Uh, remember, the, if the fact is that the Gedola Right, is more, is agreed upon to be the default for schach. So then why is Rebeliezer saying achas katana ve achas gedola? The language of achas katana ve achas gedola implies, uh, as we would say colloquially, even in English, you would say, well, just as the small schach is kosher, so too the large schach is kosher, which is to say the small schach is the lesser of And we're going to say, not only is the small schach kosher, but even the large schach is kosher. However, if the analysis of the Mishnah is that the large schach is also kosher, according to the Tanakama, then the language of the other should be flipped. It should be, just as the large schach is kosher, as the Tanakama would agree, so too the small schach is kosher. And yet... Well, that's not necessarily true, because... Uh, anything that's small is more typically made as like a seat cover, right? For the cab drivers in New York. Um, you know, that's, that's for sitting on. Right. And then, and, 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 you know, in other words, Garanowitz is bringing up a great point, and I think it bears, right, repeating, which is that the size doesn't matter. Shouldn't only the material matter? Why would the size matter? And so what we've been discussing is that you're right. Inherently, size wouldn't matter. But for the fact that culturally, if there is a one size that's always used by people for, right, for sitting and another size that's always used by people for schach, that ends up being like the default assumption of uh, the, the makers of the material. And that matters. In other words, the default Right, the default kavana, if you will, of the fabric fabricators of these uh, mats does, in fact, have an impact on whether the mats are makabal tumah or not. And that we see by Kalim all the time. We said already by tumah that you read this by machshava over ma'isa that the machshava, right? If you, it, like a craftsman, when he decides that something is a kli, that thing is a kli goranowitz. So the size so can you can learn musar in everything. everything. It all depends all on your kavana. There you go. So uh, it all depends on your kavana. Achas gedola. So, anyways, so why did it say says the gemara? Achas katan v'achas gedola. Achas gedola v'achas katan mibaylei. Should have said, yeah, of course the gadol. Like Rabbi Eliezer agrees that the gadol is used for mat, um, for, for is used rather for schach and for mutter, and and also the katana is. That's the first right issue with saying it like this. The ode, right, another. And another, this is a baye, right, taking apart what we just said. This is all Rava's explanation of our Mishnah. So Abaye is taking it apart further and says, furthermore, kipligi bigadolahu dipligi. Right? What's interesting is that, again, if you're saying it like this, you're saying that 
that um, the the way that our the way that our Mishnah is according to Rav's analysis is that the Tanakama holds that the large one is okay, and uh, for schach, and Rabbi Leizer holds that the large and the small one, the default is that they're okay for schach. So the first first of all, it doesn't fit with the language, and secondly, we know. Uh, as a matter of fact, right, in other words, and secondly, halachically, that would mean that the only argument is that everyone agrees that the large one can be used for schach and azam akabal and the only machlokis is that Rebbe Yezer is makil even in the small one. But as the Gemara is going to say, as Abai is going to point out, that's the op, it's like opposite day. That's the opposite of what we know. That's not true that they all, everybody agrees that the large one is okay and we have a on a small one. It's the exact opposite. The Tanya, cause look at this Bryce. The Bryce says, Machtel Sakonim. If you had to read Matt, Begdolim the Sakhimba, uh, really, that the Tanakama says that the large one you could use for Sakh and Rebbe Ezra Omer, Im Eina Mechabel's Tuma Misakhimba. Right? Only if it's not Mechabel Tuma. So he's implying, right, that if you are, right, not specifying the, the use of the large one, the assumption is, right, that it is for Shiva, right, implying that there's a holes that the Stam Gedola is, in fact, Makabal Tuma. So really, the Machlokas is not, right, Rabbi Leezer holding Lakula by Katana, like Rava suggested, but rather Lechumra by Gedola. That, Bryce, implies the exact opposite of what we thought the Machlokas was according to Rav's analysis. So, again, the, uh, halachically we find that Rebbe Yezer is a das yachid lechum, right, um, lechumra. And it's in fact by the Gedola, right? Not like this analysis, which implies that Rebbe Yezer says, no, let's be even more makele by the Katana. So, how are you going to explain the Mishnah? So finally, we explain it according to, here comes Rav Papa, smoothing out all the edges as he does. Elam Rav Papa, Biktana, Everybody agrees, listen, and it makes sense, right? A small mat, that's what you use as a seat cover, right? It's to sit on. Kipligi Bigadola. The Machlokas is by Gadola. What is the default? Tanakama Savar Stam Gadola Lesikoch. The Tanakama holds that Stam Gadola is going to be for Schach. Rabbi Yezer Savar Stam Gadola Nami Lashchiva. Rabbi Yezer holds like Aronowitz that whether it's big or it's small, the assumption is that it's for Shchiva. And that, it, and therefore, unless you know for sure that it was made for Schach, right, then you're going to have an issue of, of, uh, Tuma. So it's consistent with the Brysa that Abaye brought up, right? Not consistent with the analysis of Rava. Okay, the only question is then, so what is the meaning, right? The whole uh, impetus for Rava's Shita is that, uh, that it said, uh, which implied that if you didn't make, that, in other words, the Mishnah, that there was a Diuk in the Mishnah, right? We made a, we made, uh, we read into the Mishnah that Rabbi Leezer said that if you made it for reclining the large mat, that it's Usr, which implied that the Stam, Default for the large mat would be that it's mutter unless indicated otherwise. So what is this language of ashkhalishkhiva? So all we have to do to make the whole thing make sense and consistent with the brisa and, right, consistent with what Rav Papa is suggesting now is to change a little bit the wording of the Mishnah, which is to say like this. The Mishnah is not saying ashkhalishkhiva to teach you that the default is that if you made, that, that you made a fashkhah, but rather, hachikamar, stam asiyasa nami lishkhiva. You change the language of the mission to mean that the stamasiya of a large mat is also lishchiva, just like a small mat, and therefore the default for it should also be that it is makabel tuma and not mutafrashach unless indicated otherwise, ad de ovid unless you indicate that it is in fact being made for schach. Fine.
So now we're going to do some story time, some post-game that, you know, we gave you the background of the analysis of the Mishnah, and now we're going to do some schachmat post-game of the days of the Mishnah and the Gemara as follows. Tell about Machzelas shell shifa, shell gemi. So you made a mat. It's made out of these materials. I call them hemp. Uh, plants belonging to the Rush family. I call it hemp because hemp is just like, I don't know, that's what it conjures up. These like uh, Whole Foods types of materials that are made of organic, whatever, because in fact, these materials, we're not talking about synthetic materials, right? We're talking about materials that would be, in fact, you do like karka and otherwise okay for, right, for schach, where they're not made into mats, which are makabotoma by virtue of being a clay. I saw a guy, when I was growing up, we had earth shoes. You know, real, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like woven stuff that they put on the hats, you know? Yeah, those became, um, those became popular also. Uh, every once in a while, you have some, somebody making something out of, uh, right, organic, old school materials and, and turning it into a new school thing. Anyway, uh, so. Find that. I want to get something like that. Yeah, I'll find, I'll find it for you. Um, there. We have to look online. They have, they have Earth Shoes. They're back. Okay. So you say like this. So let's say, so that's shoes. But let's say you have a mat made out of this material. So gedol masachim ba, katana masachim ba. All right. So the b'risa says that if it's large, it's still, you can be masachim. But if it's small, then it's assumed that it's made for sitting. That's true of shifan gemi. However, shalkanim v'shalchilas, if it's reeds and, or sedge, as the article says, gedol masachim ba, aruga ein masachim ba. Okay, so just like with the shifan gemi, you can, in fact, cover it with a big one, but not with a woven one. Okay, that you can actually, both the braided and the large one and the woven one can be used. That Rabbi Dosa was Mekel, Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Lewis just points out, interesting, remember when we had the clotheslines in Sipori, when Rabbi Shmuel took over for his father, Rabbi Yossi, he actually changed the halacha. That was the, um, that's the way we understood. In order to make Rabbi Yossi consistent with himself, we had to say that Rabbi Shmuel, his son, was cholak on him when we became, when he took over as Rosh Hashiva, as Rav, after Rabbi Yossi passed. Here, he, we see, so, so in that instance, the halacha changed when Rabbi Yossi passed. In this instance, he's quoting his father, Rabbi Yossi, and he's consistent, he's staying consistent with that halacha with regards to the halacha of schachmats. So, so again, so Rabbi Dosa held Lakula like Rabbi Shmuel ben Rabbi Yossi. Good. So now, however, we learned, not Hasam, says the Gemara, in the Mishnah there in Adios, we learned, that any one of these mats can become mikabel, can be mikabel tumah, so this is a very interesting thing. With regards to susceptibility to tumma, right, if something is going to be a kli that you sit on, then that can be susceptible to tumas medris, right? So that is, right, tumas medris is the kind of tumma that's conveyed by sitting on it, right? However, right, a tumas mace is like nuclear, right? That's much more tummy. So you wouldn't have to be even a kli, Necessarily, or you wouldn't have to be um, sat on, sat, uh, used for sitting upon, in order to uh, have a tumas mace. This is Rashi discusses it. If you look at the fifth wide line here, uh, we'll go. We'll go fifth line 
uh, a little bit into the Rashi, Vachi Kamar, Chotzalus Klihem, Latuma, Aval Enam Yuchadus Ashkiva, Shay Nasus Av Hatuma, Bemedris, Hazav, the Ain Atamoitse, Shiyu Avatuma, Ela Aide Hames Atmo, Shiyu Hain Timeos Mace, Divi Revidosa. In other words, right? Um, if they are miyucha, if they're not miyuchad l'shchiva, so then only tumas mace can make them tame. That's the point. If they are miyuchad l'shchiva, so then even a tumas medris can make them tame. So it sounds like in this mission in Adios, the Rabbi Dosa is holding that they're not miyuchad l'shchiva, which actually would be consistent. Okay. So the Gemara, however, wants to ask medris int may mace lo. The Chachamim are going to say that. Well, okay. Uh, that, that, that we're going to get rid of. In other words, when the Mishnah says that, Rabbi Dosa says that it has to be Tamei Meis, so Chavim says Tumas Medris, right? The assumption is that, of course, if you're, ta- if you're going to be Matame Tumas Medris, that you're going to be Tamei Tamei Meis as a Kalva Chomer. But the Gemara is not taking that for granted. The Gemara is saying, are you saying that only Tamei Medris you're going to get? You're not going to, and according to the Chachamim, and you're not going to be Matame Tumas uh, mace? That doesn't make any sense. Of course not. But let's just say that's inside. Medris in to mace low. Are you trying to tell me the Chavim saying that you're only going to be Tomei Tumas Medris? You're not going to be Tomei Tumas Mace? Of course not. Non to non. Call him a Medris, Metame Tumas Mace. Obviously, anything where you're going to have a Tumas Medris, right, susceptibility, you're going to, of course, be Metame Tumas Mace. That's a much more stronger form of Tuma. Ella, Ema Af Medris, right. Rather say what we thought uh, the Chavim meant. Which is to say that when the Chachamim say that you're Tame Tumas Medris, it means even Tumas Medris, you'll be Tame. In other words, as opposed to Rabbi Dosa, who's going to be born Mekel, and is going to say that you need to be, on, you're only going to be susceptible to Tumas Mace, where the Chachamim are Machmir, and hold that not only are you going to be susceptible to Tumas Mace, but you're also going to be, because these are Miyuchad Shiva, you're going to be, you could be considered Miyuchad Shiva, and thus they're also going to be not only uh, susceptible to Tumas Mace, but also to Tumas Medrash. So now the Gemara says, uh, so that's, that's that piece. So now the Gemara is going to say, what is the Chotzalos anyways? What are these Chotzalos that are mentioned in the Mishnah Adia? Says the Gemara, my Chotzalos. So, very helpfully, Amar Avdimi Bar Hamduri, and being sarcastic, Marzovli, because we don't know what Marzovli has either. So the Gemara asks, My Marzovli. When, when Ravdimi said it, it was very helpful, but we don't know what they, but, but we don't know what they are either. So Amar Rabbi Abba, Marzovli are Mizable. Ah, Mizable. Mizable are leather bags that like shepherds and vagabonds would use to carry things in, but also they had, right, that status of a clee. However, they also, in a pinch in the fields, would use them as pillow and they would lay on them as well. And thus, right, they would, they could get a Tumas Medris as well. And so, hence the Machlokas, right? In other words, they have uh, a status of a Kli where they can be Makabal Tumah, but in order to be Makabal Tumas Medris, you, you have to be a very specific type of Kli that one sits or lays on. That's the point, okay? And so, these Mizubli have that ambiguous status. That really, it's a bag. Really, it's a it's a leather man purse. But it doubles as a pillow, and thus it can also potentially be susceptible to mismetrus. Hence, the machlokas right between the chachamim and Rabbi Dosa. Okay, so Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish Omer Machzalos Mamish. That in other words, that was Rabbi Abba's interpretation. Shimon Lakish says that no, they're actual mats. In other words, machzalos are what you think they are. Like we were thought, we thought, well, okay. 
Well, why is there this machlokas? Maybe we're not talking about an actual mat. Maybe we're talking about these bags. But Shaka says, no, even if you're talking about mats, the same machlokas for Bidos and Chachamim would apply. Are, do, do they be, get to Medrash or not? How so? Like this. Yeah, what's his reasoning? That a mat can also be a Tumas Medrash? Well, he agrees with himself. He agrees with something that he said elsewhere. What do you say? That's a very nice way of saying uh, right, uh, we more, mo- most typically, halachically, when one has a parent, uh, loses a parent, they'll, when they refer to their parent within the first 12 months, they'll say, Harini kaparis machshavo. Which is, you know, I, I, may I be an atonement, right, for them. So, but you don't have to, it doesn't have to be for a lost parent. You could also even say, may I be an atonement, it's a show of tremendous respect. They are so great that if they do have any sins or shortcoming, Khalila, I should be the one to absorb their sins as opposed to them. Okay. Well, so why do I owe and the sons this tremendous kavod? Because um, there were certain episodes in Klal Yisrael where the Torah, or really not the entire Torah, but certain aspects of it needed strengthening. So in the beginning, when Torah began to be Nishtachah Yisrael, we got into this because Rish Lakish has an opinion about Machzals being real mats. And in the context of him talking about what the machzolos are, uh, we're, 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 we're hearing his entire statement. And the beginning of his statement has a lot of interesting aspects that have nothing to do with mats, but has more to do with Jewish history as follows. That, why, why from mats? I don't understand. Well, we're going to get to mats. Watch, watch this. Oh, go, go, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, go, go, go. That in the beginning, when certain aspects of Torah were forgotten, Ezra came from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael and reestablished, reestablished it. Um, right? This was after the Churban, right? Bayis Rishon. Okay. Um, they came back and they established Yeshivas. Some forgotten laws were reestablished. Then, Chazer and they forgot some more. Allah Hillel Habavli Visada. Right? So then, Hillel Habavli came back to Eretz Yisrael. And this is like the strengthening of Eretz over and over again. It's part of Jewish history, right? This is during the Bayesheni. Then Chazor v'Nishtakha, and again, it keeps getting forgotten. And then So first was, right, Ezra, then Hillel, and then Rabbi Chia. They came and they reestablished, and that's why we owe them this debt of gratitude for reestablishing the yeshivas in Eretz and reminding us of, um, of certain halachas that were lost. And, so what were one of the halachas? Wow. At the mass of Usha, there's no machlokas. What is the halacha by the uh, mass of Usha? Um, now, the thing is... Oh, is it has the, to do with Tower and Tameh. What? So it's mostly having to do with the Tameh stuff. Yeah, Shehain Tameos. Exactly. As we arrive at Chafam and Bez, the machzal shel Usha... Right, they are definitely Tameh. Bishel Tveria, Shel Tahoras. But those of Tveria are Tahar. Right, in other words, they're not susceptible to Tumas Medrash. That's, that's what the point over there is. That you sit on the ones of Usha, you don't sit on the ones of Tveria. And therefore, when is the Machlokes Chachamim Rabbi Dosa, Sir Chia, and, uh, and his sons uh, explained, Amen, Nechleku Ashar Makomos. Again, as we explained already, Goranowitz, this is a cultural thing. If you sit on it in some cultures, it's going to be Tumas Medrash. If you don't, then not. So apparently in Tveria, nobody sat on these. But, right, in, in, uh, in Usha, everybody sat on these, right? That's a cultural thing, okay? 
So, but everywhere else, it was kind of a mixed bag, right? So some had the Usha, right, Mahalach, some had the, um, some had the, uh, Tveri Mahalach. Okay, Marasavar came in the lake of the Yosef Eli, Ketveri Adamian. Ravidosa holds, since we don't have a significant number, right, a critical mass of people who sit on this in, in other places, then we're treated like Tveri, that it's Tahar. Marasavar came in the Mikro of Yosef Usha Damian. As opposed to, right, the Chachamim held that we're gonna, they were gonna treat them like Usha. So we see that Ruchia explained basically that the Machlokas, Chachamim and Rabidosa is not this fundamental Machlokas about mats per se. It is basically almost like how do we handle a statistical analysis where we say that there is a small number of group of people who sit on it. Well, that, that kind of is more, even more fundamental than a Machlokas about mats. One could say, one could argue that this is the machlokas on uh, how we handle Tumas Medrus with respect to Schach, let's say, or Tumas Medrus in general, which is to say, if only a minority of people use it as to sit on, so that would be a uh, fundamental machlokas with Hilchos uh, Tumas Medrus indeed. Chachamim would say that per, uh, presumably for everything, that if a small group of people use it for sitting, then it's going to be universally in that culture, right, in that locale, Treated as Tumas Medris. That's, that's a fundamental machlokas. As opposed to Rabbi Dosa is going to say, no, you need to have a critical mass of people who, who sit on it in order to make it susceptible to Tumas Medris. Uh, what we do see is that it doesn't seem like it's subjective, right? It's not, neither of them are saying that if you use it as sitting or, or as, um, or not, is that that's the determinant, which is interesting in its own right. Um, okay. Now, fine. So, so Rabbi Dosa here is going to say, um, that he's going to be uh, Mekel. Okay. So now, Amar Mar, Kol HaChotzalos Metamit Tmei Meis. So again, the Mishnah in Adias said that all the Chotzalos are Metamit Tmei Meis. Divir Rebbe Dosa. Okay, so now, that seems to be against the view of Reish Lakish, because Reish Lakish just had this whole analysis, uh, right, according, right, and the analysis basically came out that Rebbe Dosa was generally Mekel when it came, when it came to Tumas Medrus. Um, and so here, right, Rabbi Dosa is saying that if you put the sources together, so how do you say that Rabbi Dosa is holding that all of the chatzalos are, are metamitmei meis? So it says like this, But before we said that Rabbi Dosa agreed with Rabbi Yossi that he was mekel, right? In other words, before Rabbi Yossi said that all of the mats, whether large or small, right, or woven or braided, can be used as chach, Right? So, therefore, it makes it sound like they can't even be Mikabal Tuma. They're not even considered Caleb. But according to Reh Shlokish, right, who before, who said the Chatzalos means that the Chatzalos, where we have a Machlokas about Tumas Medris versus, right, Tumas Mace in Adios, so there it sounds like they're, they're, they are Mikabal Tuma. Just so that we don't get confused, right, there's three levels, right? There's three levels here. If a Schach is not a Kli at all, Meaning, if a mat is made for schach and it's not a kli at all, it's not going to be makabel tumah at all, right? It's not going to be makabel tumas medris or tumas mace. You can't, even if it's tumas mace, which is the most nuclear form of tumah, and it touches something. If something is not makabel tumah, it's not going to get tumah, right? It doesn't matter what kind of tumah it is. Oh. So that's what we had said was Rabdosi's opinion, right? Earlier, we said that he agrees with Rabdosi that schach stam is just not makabel tumah because it's made for mats in general. But here we're saying. Right in this analysis, when you look at the Mishnah in 
right? Adios, it seems like the issue is not whether it's Mechabal Tumah or not. It seems like the issue is, is it Mechabal Tumas Medris or is it only Mechabal Tumas Mace? But either way, it sounds like Rabbi Dosa would agree that it is in fact Mechabal Tumah. So which is it, Rabbi Dosa? Uh, is it if a mat, Machzalos, in Adios is referring to a mat and that that which the Chachamim and Dosa are arguing about are in fact a mat, so it's inconsistent with his agreement with the BOC that the mat is not Mechabal Tumah at all, right? That's the Kasha. So the Gemara says, Lo Kasha, Had Isle Gandanpa, Had Leisle Gandanpa. That the whole thing is, if there is a rim to it, right, so that is the mission of Adios. When the, when the mat has a little rim to it, it is a clay kibble, and everybody would agree that it's Mechabal Tumah. It would just be a question of whether it's typically sat on, and there, thus whether it's Mechabal Tumas Medris or Tumas Mace. But certainly it is already a, 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 it is a clay that's Mechabal Tumah. However, when there is no rim whatsoever, that's what we were talking about earlier. That's the Brysa where Rabbi Dosa agrees with Rabbi Yossi that's not Mechabal Tumah at all. Okay. Uh, that, so, so, Reish Lakish is cool for now. However, we're going to hit him again. These, right, Sham, Gemi, goat's hair, and horse hair, um, mats, Metamit, Me, Mace, Divi, Rabbi Dosa, Av, Medris. Oh, boy. So there, Rabbi Dosa says that the Metamit, Me, Mace, and the Chachamim are going to say that it's even Metamit, Mace. So that's not bad. That's not bad. However, according to Dimi, right, who says the chatzalos means the bags, the ambiguous bags that are sometimes used for pillows. So then, sham shall gemi right? So I can understand because again, if they're made out of sham and gemi, then you can take large produce and use it sort of like it's a grocery bag. And shall and those made of goat's hair and horse hair, you could use again as sacks. So, me, meaning, according to Ravdim Bar Hamdumi, who's saying that Machzalos. Avdimi Bar Hamduri. So he said that Chatzalos are these ambiguous bags, right? The man purse that's used as a pillow. But using it as. A, but, right, according to him, every one of these examples is a clea, right? It all has a purpose. It all be used as a bag. It has like a clay kibble and it's great. However, machzalos, machzalos mamish, if you say that it's actually mats, so that doesn't have a clay kibble, who says that, that it's machzalos mamish? Again, it's a shlokish, right? That was a machlokis rav avdimi barham duri, said it was the bags, and Rishlokish said it was the mats. So before we said, okay, that made Rav Dosa inconsistent with himself, and we said, no, one place uh, Rav Dosa is refer- referring to mats with rims that are, have a, essentially a clickable, and another one is referring to flat mats. But what are we going to say over here? Over here, when you look at these, when you look at these materials, so El Mamish, if you read this according to Reish Lakish, who talks about mats, actual mats, I can understand goat's hair and horse hair. You could use what? If you have goat's hair and horse hair, you could use it for like curtains, right? I mean, uh, Andrew's not here to talk about it, but he has a beautiful goat's hair curtain. Really? To yeah, oh, you got to see it. You got to see it. Really? Oh, it's a, oh, it's a, it's just a, it's a thing. It's a, it's a work of art. <laughs> and is that El Shasham Michel Gemi? His wife is from San Diego. 
Yeah, San Diego. Diego. They got hemp. They got goat's hair. They got all of that stuff. El shall shamba shall gemi. Barry, you got one also, Barry. <laughs> Gary has the shaman gemi. He is. <laughs> he has those made of shaman gemi. Lamai chazu. But but let me ask you this: What's a mat of shaman gemi worth? What is that used for? For what? For what are you going to use that? That's not a kli. Says the Gemara, Chazul Naziasa. No, there's still you can you can cover, right? You can cover barrels with it. This is Chuzrasya uh, Naziasya. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it, but remember we talked about, oh my gosh, the giant Toisvus when it came to Libun and the covering of the barrels that's made out of this material that you can squeeze out, that you can inadvertently squeeze out whether it's Bechavana or not, whether the halacha is Dash, or whether the halacha is Libun, giant Tosfos and Ksubis, big issue in Echa Shabbos, Shas Tosfos. It's, it's Chazrasa Din Ziyasa. I remember learning with Rabbi Safra and with uh, Rabbi um, Isaacson. Those, that, that, that's their go-to. That's a big Shas Tosfos. Anyways, that's, this, is the famous, um, this is the famous barrel covers. Anyway, so... That's one way the discussion was recorded. Another way the discussion was recorded where was uh, the following, where basically the, it was understood that you could use those materials to cover the barrels, and we work it backwards as follows. I can understand Rav Dosa's position according to Rish Lakish, who says that Machtos are actual mats because Shel Sham, Bishel Gevi, Chazul, and Everyone uses it, Lenaziasa, to cover barrels. Shel Sakva, Shel Sfira, Chazul, and and the goats here and the horse here, everybody uses for curtains, like Andrew. El Madar Marzubli. But wait a minute. If you're going to say, like Rav Dimi Bar doing, he's the one in trouble in this Ikeda Amri. If you're going to say that the Chatzalas are bags, I can understand goats here and horse here. You use that for pouches all day. El Shel Sham, El Shel Sham, Vishel Gemi. But those bags made out of Sham and Gemi, Lemai Chazu. What are they for? Sham and Gemi are so porous, you can't put in beans, you can't put in grains, you can't really hold them as a shopping bag. Everything's going to fall out. No, but even in the Sikha de Amri, Chazul Echinta de Peri, they're suitable for, you know, if you're going watermelon shopping, right, it's a good, it's a good bag to use, right? Because even though it has, it's not the most uh, dense, it can't hold in small stuff, it's going to fall out, it's good for that kind of thing, for larger produce, fine. Okay. Finally, a story about Mats Fischach, not the best story in the world, but Tanya, I'm a Rabbi Chananya, not the most gripping, I should say. Kshayrati Lagola, when I went to Gullus, I uh, went to Gullus, Rashi. Kshayrati Lagola, Leibur Shana, Kedamina Mabirchasaroe. That was the practice of Rabbi Chananya. He was like the, he was the calendrical expert, right? He, so he, he, every day was a Dafyomi coincidence for him because he was a calendar expert. Anyway. I love to do it calendar. Yeah, he was a calendar guy. Intercollecting. That's what it's called. Yeah, right, intercollating, whatever it's called, right. So, so Amar Hananya, when I went down to Gullus to go work out on the calendar, Matsati Zakanechat, so I see an old, an old man, but Amar Lima, Sachin Bibuda. What did we talk about? Whether you could cover a sukkah with a mat. Ukshibati, it's Rabbi Yeshua Achiyabah. So I finally got to my destination. We're talking calendar with Rabbi Yeshua, who is my father's brother, by the way. Ledvarv. So I went, when I went to Uncle Yeshua, Uncle Josh, right, as it were, Hoda uh, Ledvarv, he agreed. He agreed. Okay. I'm a Rav Chista. However, the Gemara is going to qualify this. Right, right, right. That's assuming it doesn't have a rim. Then you could use it 
as a schach. Amar Ula, Hanu Budya Devnei Mechoyza, right? And by the way, the math the people in Mechoyza use, Imale Kir Shalahem Mesachim Behu. The problem is they had a kir, it's a kir as a wall, that's a little bit of exaggeration. It wasn't like a big giant wall, but it means a lip around it. If it didn't have a rim, you'd be able to misachim Tanya namahachi, misachim bebudya. And we even had a brice that said you could cover a sukkah with such a mat. However, if they have a rim, then you cannot be misachim behem. Right? So, hadran alach sukkah, we finished the first parak. Baruch Hashem. That's okay. So now we're on to chapter two. Hayyashan tachasamita. Sleeping under the bed. Says the Mishnah, Hayyashan tachasamita with sukkah. If you sleep under the bed in a sukkah, lo yatsu yidei chavaso. Yeah, that's not a good idea. You're supposed to sleep under the schach. What are you doing sleeping under the bed? So that's the Tanakhama. However, Amar Abihuda, no again, ainu shayinu yishenim tachasamita bifnei azakainim, v'lo amru lanu davar. Abihuda said, what are you talking about? I was in the sukkah of, right, Rav Chaim, and we all used to sleep under the beds while they slept on, on top of the beds, but they never said, oh, kids, don't sleep under the beds, even though we were post-bar mitzvah. I'm just making up uh, a hypothetical story, but the point is nobody ever said um, in, those, in, those day, in those halcyon days that we were not allowed to sleep under the bed and we were bar mitzvah and we would have, they would have told us if they, we were not yotze. So what's going on? So like this. So we're going to tell a story. Finally, Tevi beautiful. Rabbi Shimon is going to say this story to support the Tanakhama that you shouldn't sleep under the bed as follows. He would sleep under the bed in the sukkah. was very proud of his Eved Tevi. And he would tell all the Chachamim, You see my Eved Tevi? Look, he's such a Tam Chacham that he knows that for him it's okay to sleep under the bed. Right? Says uh, the implication thus is Lafichach Yashin Hu Takasamita. He's sleeping under the bed because he knows that he's Potter. And so from the right from the remark of Rabbi Gamliel saying that his Evid is such a Tam Chacham that he knows that he can sleep under the bed, we infer Shayashin Takasamita Lo Yotze Yedei Chavasa like the Tanakama, right? That it is in fact not Yotze. It's not okay to sleep under the bed. Tosfos, I can't resist. So it's interesting. The Tosas points out that when we that we learn in the second peg of Brachos, um, right, that he was an Evid Kusher, and in Yerushalmi, we learn in fact that he wore its fillin. <laughs> right? He wore its fillin So wait a minute. So that's that's interesting. So in other words, it sounded it sounds like this cuts to the core of a very fundamental issue, which is a mitzvah I say that you are, let's say it's a mitzvah that you're not chayavin. So let's say you're an Evid and you're not chayavin this mitzvah say. Is it laudatory to do so? In other words, are you allowed to do it? That, that is the question. It cuts to the core of, would you make a bracha? You know that there's a difference between Sephardim and Ashkenazim in this regard, right? Whether if you volunteer to do a mitzvah say. Right, whether you make a bracha. How can you say, Asher Kichonu Mitzvah He wasn't Mitzvah you. I, he was Mitzvah Klal Yisrael in general. And it is a Mitzvah Saseh. So even though it doesn't apply to you, so therein lies the Machlokas. Do you say a bracha on a Mitzvah Saseh, Shazman Gurama? But 
as point, as Tosus points out, in other words, so the fact that he slept under the bed, says Tosfos, well, why is he sleeping under the bed? You're saying, oh, he's sleeping under the bed because he's not high to sleep on the sukkah. So if he's not high to sleep in sukkah, let him sleep outside. Why is he under the bed? And why is this praiseworthy? <laughs> so it's a, it's a good question. So the answer is, as Tosfos points out, perhaps, the, perhaps you can't learn anything uh, so significant from that other than what Rebbe Re- Re- Gamliel, uh, the inference might be, look, he doesn't have to sleep under, uh, he doesn't have to sleep in the sukkah. Uh, however, this is what he's saying, that you can infer as follows. He doesn't have to sleep in the sukkah, but he wants to sleep in the sukkah. The sukkah has overflow. It only has enough beds for the chachamim. And look at my Evet Tevi, he's so thirsty to be in the presence of Talmud chachamim that he's going to sleep in the sukkah in order to be in their presence even though it means sleeping under the bed, and he knows that for him it's okay to sleep under the bed, right, because he's an Eved, and therefore he's not Mechuyev in the mitzvah sasei. Fascinating. Okay. So now the Gemara asks, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. V'haleka asar. The assumption here is that, um, well, if there's less than 10 Tfachim, right, which a bed almost always is, right, it's not talking about a bunk bed, talking about a regular bed, so it's less than 10 Tfachim, uh, then it's not an ohel at all. It's not a sukkah at all. And the assumption here in the Gemara is that if less than tefachim, then there should be no problem. The Rishonim discuss, this is, gets a little interesting with the Ritvaks and others. Uh, wait a minute. Didn't we say before when a person was digging out a Gaddish, didn't we say that only a tefach is necessary to create an ohel? So shouldn't the fact that it's more than a tefach high create a problem? And the answer is, according to those Rishonim, um, Art School has this in the note. I found it very fascinating that when that's only true in a vacuum, but in the context of a sukkah, right, that is the larger ohel. And so anything that is, even though it's mahil, anything that's like a small ohel, you know, that you could sit on, Rachman uh, and Shiva, you know, like a low chair or a chair or something that's less than 10 tfachim inside said sukkah, in the context of a sukkah, that's not an ohel. You see what I mean? In other words, in a vacuum, it would be an ohel, right? It would be like a guy, right, a guy who's the best guy in eighth grade, right, in learning, right, because he knows a couple of Mishnayas. But when he goes to Panovich, he's like Butl, he's like, he's like Butl Barov, right? He's not, he's not considered the big man on campus anymore. There already, he's not the Godel. So, right, so the analogy is that even th- something that is more than a tefachai, it's only an ohel in a vacuum, but in the context of a sukkah, you would ne- it becomes not an ohel, and therefore you can sleep under it. So the Gemara says, Tergam Shmuel, that Shmuel interpreted the mita asar, that we are in fact talking about a bed that was more than ten tefachim high, and such beds do in fact exist, and therefore that is the bed, so now we're really making a massive qualification of our Mishnah. That's the bed that's referring to in our Mishnah that you can't sleep under, but certainly you, could, you should be able to sleep under something that's not considered a no-hell. Okay. So now the question would be, what does Rabbi Huda hold, right? He says that even though it's more than 10 Tzvachim high, that it's not a no-hell, how do you say so? So it's not awesome. We learned the Mishnah over there. Where's over there? Olas. That's a good source. A Mishnah in Olas describing what a no-hell is. Echad chor maim or shratzim whether it was an area that was hollowed out by water or by small shratzim or it was like, right, a, a vacuum, a, a, um, a, a hole that was eaten away by some sort of minerals, or again, a hollow area 
by boulders. Oh, I was learning this with my daughter yesterday. Earth science, porosity of rock. If it's well organized and well packed in, it's less porous. Ah, porosity versus, I forgot what the other word is. Ah, that was so annoying. Anyway, but be that as it may, it's literally dafiomi coincidence that we talk to, we're talking about the para, so a, a hole in between, right, poorly organized boulders. Okay, so you have that area. And let's say you have a stack of beams and it is stacked in such a way that you can get, right, a little clubhouse in there. All of those cases, right, where you can make a little clubhouse in a naturally formed or a man-made, that's the point, or a man-made um, little hollow, right, the roof overhead will be considered a ohel, for the purposes of Tumah. However, that is the Tanakama. The Tanakama is going to say over there in Olos that it can be man-made or naturally made. However, there Rabbi Huda held that any Ohel is, that is naturally forming does not constitute an Ohel for the purposes of Tumah, which is to say, right, as Rashi uh, is, going, is, is going to point out that in order to be considered an OL, it has to be made what? Here we go. For the purpose of OHEL. Not just man-made, but man-made for the purpose of OHEL. Ah, that's going to be the source of Shittas Rabbi Huda, right? This is Rabbi Huda saying that. Is a bed made for the purpose of OHEL? No. It's made for the purpose of being a bed. And therefore, despite being man-made, the point is, it's not made for an OL, and that's the source that we're going to say for Rabbi Huda's Shita, that even though it's tenth Fachim, it doesn't have the status of an OHEL, which for, for purposes of Tumah has its own ramifications, but for purposes of Sukkah, the, the ramification is that you can sleep under it so long as it's not an OHEL. So tomorrow, um, we start with the last line, Chaf Amar Beis, my time of the Rabbi Yehuda.